Have you ever thought that you should be the person to correct a friend or relative in a mistaken doctrine? You've tried it? Did it end well? Me neither. If you have a few minutes, let's talk about that. Hi, I'm Bob Buchanan, and this is Wisdom 828, where we're dedicated to stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. Who are you who are so wise? A viewer wrote in, asking how to bring correction into another person's life because, because he thought that that person was wrong on a particular biblical doctrine. Well, the question naturally arises uh, from our call to be peacemakers and to avoid dealing with controversies on the one hand, and yet, on the other, we are called to defend the faith once delivered. So, how do we thread that needle? When it comes time to confront an error, there are biblical principles that we can use, and if we prepare well, the outcome may be a positive one for everyone involved. Now, the principles that I'm about to share with you come mostly from two different sources, Peacemaker Ministries and a letter by John Newton written to a friend who was about to write an article criticizing a fellow minister for his lack of orthodoxy. Now, Newton's friend wrote, for advice to him before writing and sending the article to the press. So I will lay out these four principles for consideration before engaging in such a conversation like that. The first consideration you should make uh, will be this. Is the position that I want to correct contrary to scripture or simply a difference of opinion? Now, what I mean is this. There are doctrinal matters that when contrary to scripture must be defended. Examples would be calling into question the full deity and humanity of Jesus Christ, rejecting the necessity of his substitutionary atonement for our sin, or denying the sovereignty of God over all things, or denying that salvation by faith alone and Christ alone is the only way that sinners are saved. These and other saving doctrines, when compromised or corrupted, do eternal and everlasting harm to those who believe them. However, we need to remember that there are differences of opinion on how some non-saving doctrines may be interpreted. Now, at the top of that list today would be, for example, women serving as local church pastors or elders. Should we follow the complementarian view or the egalitarian position? Another contested doctrine among churches uh, would be the events that surround the return of Christ. Uh, you may have very strong convictions on these and other matters that Christians of good faith have disagreed upon for a very long time. Well, just remember, in this category of differences, we're all going to be in heaven together, and then we'll know the truth together. Now, a second principle is this. Are you the person to bring the correction? Determine your level of responsibility in the matter. If the doctrine is a saving one and uh, you have a relationship with the other person that allows you to correct their doctrine for the sake of their soul, then by all means, do it. But if you're distant relationally from the other person, it may be, left to, uh, it may be best to leave it for others to do and for you to pray. Pastors and elders of a local church have this sort of authority in the lives of staff or volunteers and even the congregation under their pastoral care. Well, Proverbs 26, 17 is a good guide on this matter for our involvement. The, prov uh, the proverb says, 
Getting involved in an argument that is none of your business is like going down the street and grabbing a dog by the ears. If the issue isn't yours, you'd be wise not to meddle. So let's assume that the issue isn't a heretical doctrine, but a disagreement over interpretation or application of biblical teaching. And, and you may have some responsibility. Then a third consideration should be understanding well the biblical position of the person that you want to talk to. Do you have a good handle on what they believe and why they believe it? Could you in fact articulate their position as well as they can? Now the best persuasive arguments are ones that argue on common ground, but are able to point out where another argument is faulty. Fourth, prepare yourself in prayer. Pray for the other person. Avoid going when, uh, when your heart isn't engaged with an attitude of love for that person. If there's a hint of animosity or arrogance in your heart, please don't go. If you're going just to win an argument, then I'd suggest you wait until you are reasonably assured that you will approach that person with humility and gentleness and kindness. Remember, the Lord deals with you in that very same way, with humility, gentleness, and kindness. Now, a footnote to these four principles would be this. Can you do this without getting personal? If the other person gets personal, you know, calls you names or gets angry with you, are you ready to control your tongue and bless the one that curses you? Remember, remember these three verses. First, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. That's in Matthew 4, verse 9. Second, Paul urged Christians with these words, live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty or proud, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If And if possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. And third, remember the misfortune of meddling in an argument that isn't yours. It's better to pull a dog's ears just to remind yourself of what you might be in for. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining me and Steve Dying behind the camera, working hard to stamp out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. You'll be of good cheer.